The Forum at 8 on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes after eight. So we have more allegations of state capture that surfaced last night. Has the state been captured? That's our question for you on the forum at eight. You can SMS us on 34701. Give us a call on 0891 Tweet us at AM Live on SAFM or find us on Facebook. And of course, you can find me at Darshan Mudley on Twitter. But the state is not just a single person. It's a collection of individuals. So who are they? Who are these people that are involved and responsible if you agree that there's been corporate capture of the state and that it has occurred? The Deputy Finance Minister, Mbisi Jonas, confirmed to the SABC last night that he was offered the post of Finance Minister by the Gupta family and he chose to reject it outright. I have decided to respond to and clarify certain questions that have been in the public domain recently. I do so in accordance with my conscience, my political values and the best traditions of my organization, the African National Congress, of which of which I've been a member since my early teens. I regard our constitution as being sacrosanct, and it embraces the value that South Africans struggled for and what we live by. I was appointed deputy minister in terms of the constitution by the president president of the republic. Any practice that conflicts with the prescripts of the constitution must be challenged in the interest of our democracy and the accountability we have to our people. The African National Congress that we have been and continue to be proud members of has offered us the opportunity to serve our country, an honor that I do not take for granted. My historical commitment to the liberation of our people has not waned. My daily decisions and actions are informed by the understanding that true political freedom will be achieved through deliberate and active management of a transformed yet inclusive growing economy. The current economic climate presents many risks for our country, which require responsible leadership to avoid a full-blown crisis. We have to unite on, on the key issues relating to managing the macroeconomic risks while urgently unlocking new resources of growth and job creation. South Africa requires all hands on the deck. The extent to which we are able to navigate the current macroeconomic challenges, restore investor confidence, and rapidly stimulate growth will depend on heightened levels of political leadership and maturity. The narrative that has grown around the issue of state capture should be of concern to all responsible and caring South Africans particularly those of us who have accepted the task to lead our people. We cannot afford to ignore the obvious impact these sentiments may have on our country and the resultant potential of undermining our moral authority. Neither can we afford to allow attempts to capture the state to to divert us from dealing with the challenges that our country faces. History will judge us on the extent to which we have stayed true to the commitments we have made to our people, to our public pronouncements and private conduct. Therefore, let me state the facts on the matter of whether I was approached by non-governmental individuals in respect of the position of Minister of Finance, 
Members of the Gupta family offered me the position of Minister of Finance to replace then Minister Nene. I rejected this out of hand. The basis of my rejection of their offer is that it makes a mockery of our hard-earned democracy, the trust of our people, and no one apart from the President of the Republic appoints ministers. Let me also place on record that there was no discussion between the Deputy Secretary General of the African National Congress, Ms. Jessie Juwate, and myself on this matter. I have hesitated to speak out publicly on this matter until now, but I feel it is no longer possible to remain quiet. Our primary concern, the primary concern to me is that this issue has a real danger of diverting away attention from the real and urgent challenges we face as a country. I am committed to good governance, abiding by the constitution of our country, and being accountable to our people who repeatedly express their confidence and trust in us, election after election. It is this constant state of awareness and consciousness drummed into most of us throughout our service in the National Democratic Revolution led by the African National Congress that has provided us with moral capital and tools to apply sound judgment to navigate challenges that emerge in the natural course of societal leadership. It is only through these values and moral convenience that I serve my organization, my fellow countrymen and women, and my beloved South Africa. Finally, I remain confident that the challenges we face as a nation will be overcome if we collectively use our efforts for the benefit of all. I'm resolute in playing my part in preserving the integrity first of national treasury as an institution in my capacity as a deputy minister. I'm also committed to making sure that I continue making the contribution towards building a prosperous South Africa led by our glorious movement, the African National Congress. I can only hope that people will allow me henceforth to do what I'm employed to do. Thank you very much. That was BC Jonas, the Deputy Finance Minister, who confirmed to the SABC that he was offered the post of Finance Minister by the Gupta family and he chose to reject it. We'll be talking to Zizi Kodwa, the ANC's national spokesperson, just after 8.30. He's going to be joining us. But right now we're on the line to Professor Ben Turok. He's a veteran ANC member, an economics professor, director at the Institute for the African Alternative, and a former member of Parliament. Professor Turok, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Good morning. Good morning. So what do you make of, of, the, uh, of this latest allegation now that the Guptas are merely handing out positions, even the finance minister's position? Well, my first reaction is, is real outrage. Uh, I was so angry when this thing first burst. And indeed, I'm trying to control my anger because it doesn't help. And we don't want a lot of drama. So uh, outrage is, is the right, is my response. So where, where do you challenge, you know, where do you channel that do, anger now? Well, I, I I'm, I'm just want to come to that. I, I want to amend what you're, everybody's talking about, namely state capture. The question for me is president capture. Has mm. our president been captured? Because, you see, 
it is, that's where the, the center of the problem lies. You know, we are told that the president has a family, a friend called the Guptas, a family friend. Where does the family friend appoint ministers? How can that be? You know, this is not a family friend. And the question for me is, has the president been captured by the Gupta family? Not only the state, because they seem to have gone deeper than the state capture. They've gone for the head of state. You know, President Zuma is our president, and it looks like he's been captured. Well, as I said at the opening of the show, Prof. Tarak, you know, the, the state is, is no individual. It's, it's a collection of people, and, and those people need to be held accountable and responsible. And if you agree that there's been this corporate capture of the state, who are those people that are allowing this to happen? Did you allow it during your time? D- does the opposition benches, for, for all of their outcry and anger about this, allow this to happen? Well, let me say that um, when I was in Parliament, we, we were aware of the beginnings of state capture. But in the last two years, there's been an escalation which is largely associated with the Guptas. You know, it's quite true that there are other corporate actors who are trying to capture the state. It's true. And what you say is absolutely correct, that it's the whole state machine at the top of the state machine, but also in the provinces and the at local, local level where uh, business interests are, are uh, seeking re- returns and seeking favors and so on. But what is striking about the present crisis is that it's the link between the president and Gupta, and that's where the, the crisis manifests itself at the moment. And therefore, that's why I say I ask the question, in addition to the state being captured at national level, provincial and local, it's true, but in addition to that, what is critical is that the man who appoints the cabinet, who appoints all sorts of top people, including the NPA, all sorts of judges and so on, this man, our executive, focuses a lot of power in one person. And if that one person is, 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 is uh, somehow uh, corrupted or involved in a way that he ought not to be, then the whole system trickles down. And this is my concern, that, that it looks to me like um, the state is being captured at many levels. That's true. But the, per- the most important person of all, because he decides, on judges, on the NPA, and also on ministers, etc. If he is captured, then that is the most serious aspect of the whole thing. Mm. So that this doesn't become a he said, she said, or more rightly in, in our economy, it's a he said, he said sort of story. You know, where is the proof? Because that's what people are asking for. China's in Tolani writes out saying they must come out. Where is the proof? And that's what the Gupta family is asking for. Go to court, Minister Jonas prove it under oath and in a court of law. But where are we going to find that proof? There's never going to be minutes of any such meeting between the Guptas and Fakie Mentor or the Guptas and now Minister Jonas. Well, frankly, I don't need any proof. As far as I'm concerned, the story by Fakie Mentor, who I know very well, and she was the head of court, the chair of caucus for many years when I was there, 
and now we have the Jonas issue. As far as I'm concerned, I don't need a court to tell me what's going on. If the Deputy Minister says that a friend of the President offered him a post, uh, then, then uh, it's enough for me. You know, this is a political matter. It's not a legalistic matter. You know, when I heard the DA people saying that they're going to court and they're going to challenge the Guptas to uh, say this and that and the other, fine, let them do that. But, you know, we live in a highly political, politicized society. And for me, politics rules. And uh, the politics says to me that the head of state has dubious friends who have been accused of all kinds of things and who are benefiting enormously economically, um, you know, this is a matter of very serious concern. I don't need to go to court. I, I know what I know. And the newspapers this morning are telling me exactly what I know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want to be diverted into court actions. That will drag things out and so on. Politically, as a member of the ANC, and a former chair of the Ethics Committee in Parliament, when we were faced with all sorts of stuff, <clears throat> you know, uh, Dinah Pule and various others, uh, other people, um, yes, you want to be sure that you're not making mistakes. But we're not making a mistake now, because the Deputy Minister has, has explained. It's enough. I spoke to Professor Pierre Desfoss, uh, the constitutional law expert at UCT, just after 7 o'clock, and he says the one thing that we can take away from the Gupta press release is, as factual is that there are rival factions within the ANC. Which way are, are they going to pull on this story? Because we've got the fo former public enterprises minister, Barbara Hogan, saying that this is a defining moment for the ANC and it is a rot before all of us to see. And credit to Mbisi Jonas for his bravery. Derek Hanukam has come out also endorsing uh, the support of Jonas, saying he's a man of integrity. David Lewis from Corruption Watch did the same. Are, are we likely to see the consensus within the ANC moving towards what you and others are saying, Professor? Tirak, or is there still going to be others like Supramahomupela who says that the Guptas have brought significant wealth to the country, 10 billion rand, according to the Guptas' own press statement? I think it is a defining moment. I think Barbara is right. And what is also very important is that the Secretary General of the ANC says we're moving to a mafia state. That's the Secretary General. Mm. And that indicates that there are indeed new trends in the ANC, these are actually fairly new of, uh, of huge anxiety, of concern that we are moving in the direction of the mafia state. And, 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 uh, and it is very worrying, very concerning, and I, frankly, I think at this moment that every veteran in, of the ANC should stand up and be counted. And the Integrity Committee must come out clearly. I see Andrew Mlangeni has come out. That whole committee must come out. Uh, every ANC member of parliament must come out and say, this is a defining moment of our revolution, of our change, of mm. our aspirations. So everybody needs to speak out. And I think those three categories are critical. The veterans and the Integrity Committee and parliament. People must stand up and say this is a tendency to a mafia state and the man at the head of it has to explain himself.
Prof, wasn't there a chance for those ANC members of parliament to do that, to stand up and be counted when there was a vote of no confidence in the man who you say has been captured and, and not the state, but the president has been captured? There was a chance for those ANC MPs to stand up and be counted in that vote of no confidence. They chose not to. What, what gives you any reason to believe they would do it now? Because of the mutterings behind the scenes. You see, the members of parliament have also been captured. They've been captured by the, by the leadership, by the national executive. Members of parliament who speak out are fired. So they're captured. You know, we're in a situation where there is a great deal of this manipulation and machinations at, at many levels. And what has got to happen is that people must say that this is a defining moment. We're not going to allow the machinations of people at the top uh, and it's not just the president, clearly, uh, to, 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 to ruin our movement because it is being ruined. Prof, uh, we're going to be joined by Zizi Kodwa, the ANC's national spokesperson, in the next few minutes. I, I hope you can stay with us for that conversation. Yes, I can. And we do have callers on the line, so thank you, Prof, uh, for staying with us. 891 give us a call. Navari is calling us from Umbombela. Good morning, Navari. Morning, morning, Dyson, and good morning, Prof. And this is good morning. You see, in the in the ANC, we've always said we're pursuing what we call a selfless struggle. That those that we deploy uh, in the state and any other responsibility must do that in the service of our people, not for them to have material gain. But what we observe now in the Zuma, uh, Duduzani, and Guptas is purely anti-ANC tendency that is meant to subvert and undermine the ANC integrity in public. And I think that the ANC must act vigorously to deal with this because if we don't do that, we're likely going to lose the public face on what indeed we are as a movement. We're going to be seen as a movement that is corrupt, that is self-saving, that does not define the struggle that Mandela, Oliver Tambo, Walter Sulu, Govenbeke, Tabombeke, and others have actually compromised and sacrificed their lives for. So I think that this ANC of the ANC must be a defining moment for the ANC to clarify itself, whether it's agreeing with this thing of the president and the state capture, and the son of the president running the, the government. Because if the son of the president determined who become the minister of government, that the president is running this thing as a family. It's an aristocracy at his best, and we last saw it in Russia with the Tsar. It can't happen in South Africa after so many years that Lenin defeated the Tsar in the Soviet Union. So we are saying that the ANC must actually express its opinion on this matter and clarify this matter one thing for all. No, Navari, you, Navari, you, you speak yes. quite cogently on this. Are, are you involved in the ANC in any way? I have got 27 years experience now in the movement. So where, where do you stand, Navari, on this? I, I, I don't really agree with President Zuma's behavior on this matter. If indeed it's true, the ANC must actually deal with this matter. And I think you must explain to the ANC because it's a member of the ANC like any, anyone of ourselves. And in fact, this membership is equal to all of us. That other than that, he has the responsibility of being a president. And he knows how the leadership of the ANC must conduct itself, both in public and the, where they are deployed. So well. if he is indeed doing this thing, it's a sellout to the movement. And this behavior can't be tolerated from him because the senior of the ANC. Navari, thank you for your call. Navari and Mbombela. Ben, uh, Professor Turak, perhaps that's one of the people from the ANC that you were hoping f- for them to come forward and, and address this issue. There are many. You know, I've been on phone-ins quite a lot recently of all kinds of radio stations. And almost all the callers are, are calling for change. It is... It, you know, I pop into Parliament every now and again, and I meet old, old friends in Parliament, members, and they call, pull, pull me aside and say, you know, something's got to happen. So privately, 
on a one-on-one basis. Many MPs talk to me about the situation and their concern. You know, members of government call me aside and talk to me about the situation. So I know that there's a groundswell, and that groundswell has got to take shape, and I think the time to take shape is now. So perhaps I received I received emails from Frank Chicane yesterday. Frank is organizing a group of people, and uh, he went to see the top leadership in the Tule House to discuss. So, you know, there are many signs of serious disaffection in the ANC, which I think is going to take shape sooner or later. It's going to happen. So this used to happen in, in the corridors, but now we have ministers coming out on Facebook and, and, and coming out in public uh, statements to say that this has, haption, ha, has happened. Do you think the ANC and these members within the ANC now are taking the public into their confidence and not merely muttering this in the corridors? Well, it's dangerous to, to come out in the open before an MP or an official or a minister. You're not going to last very long. You're going to be fired. And uh, so it's not, uh, you know, you've got a family, you've got commitments, kids at school, all sorts of things, and you're going to lose your income, and you're not going to get a job when you leave because you're not really all that qualified. And if you've been in Parliament for 20 years, I think the chances of getting a job are not very high. So, you know, you're asking people to put their own uh, lives, uh, their uh, uh, their own living standards at risk. And a lot of people will think first about their children and then about their principles. But the time comes, and I can see, as you quote, Derek Honeycomb and others, there comes a time when you stand up and you say, I fought for this, I went to prison for this, and I'm going to stand up. And it will happen. And I can see that I have no doubt that there is a groundswell. You can never predict when that groundswell consolidates itself into a real force. But it happened to Mbeki. So, you know, I was at Polokwane where Mbeki was removed and, and Zuma appointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my goodness, it was quite dramatic, I can tell you. Zulani so the ra- drama is coming. Mm-hmm. Zulani writes in on Twitter saying, Prof. Ben Turok is correct. It's more a president capture than a state capture. My ANC has a power to act and end all of this. 25 minutes to 9 and we're joined on the line by Zizi Kodwe. He's the ANC's national spokesperson. Zizi, thank you for your time. Good morning. Morning to you and to your listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, you're also on the line to the ANC's uh, veteran, Ben Turok, who's just told us, Zizi, that, that the president has been the one who's been captured by the Guptas. It hasn't been state captured. The man himself has been captured. How will you decisively deal with the president? We, we reject any suggestion that because the state is not an individual and equally the ANC is not an individual. And I think what the latest, uh, latest revelation suggests that uh, the ANC has got, has got to rise to the occasion and send an unequivocal uh, statement. The statement being that the appointment of the national cabinet is a prerogative of the president in consultation with the national, with the national officials and uh, alliance partners. And therefore, in exercising that right, if there is any suggestion that that right in, in this institution it is influenced by other unelected people who, because of the strength of their balance sheet, is a matter of concern to the African National Congress. And I don't think the first point I'd like to make is that we reject the notion that the state has been captured. But of course, we need to look at these uh, allegations 
and revelations in the context of uh, protecting and defending the integrity of a democratic state as well as the integrity and the confidence of our people to Zizi, the African National Congress. Zizi, that doesn't make sense because you say you're rejecting the statement that the state has been captured. So what are you investigating then if you're already dismissing that these allegations are true? The point is that, like I have made earlier, the state is not an individual. It's not one or two, ten people. The state is quite a huge. And I think it's important that uh, if we are to make uh, the African National Congress as we gather tomorrow, we make any determination, we've got to find out whether indeed there may be individuals, deployed cadres of the African National Congress, who have allowed ourselves to be where we are in terms of influence by corporate, what is referred to as a corporate capture in terms of their conduct. It's a matter that the African National Congress can close its eyes for its own integrity and history. So it's important that uh, coincidentally, these revelations come at a time when the National Executive Committee of the ANC will, will meet in this regular meeting tomorrow. Mm, Prof. Turok has just said that there are members of the ANC who talk about this in the corridors, but they're worried about coming out publicly to confirm these rumors of state capture because it puts their head on the block, Zizi. It means that their political career is over. Potentially they'll be booted out of the ANC or deployed in an ambassadorial position somewhere so that they're no longer in the country. I mean, what, what, how, do you, how sure are you that members members of the ANC are going to come out and confirm these rumors that there has been capture of the president and state capture by the Guptas and other corporate entities. We must welcome those who have come forward in terms of their experience. And I'm sure we would like to make a call that if there is more, we may come up. Because remember, we're no longer dealing with the issues of speculation in terms of the influence of certain individuals that ministers. There's a group of people who are very bold, unelected as they may be, calling ministers to, to meetings and even discuss deployment, not just offer, but replacements of ministers. Comrades, I don't think they are cowards. If comrades are principled enough, they will come out like in Teresa Jonasse and others have done before. And I think it's important that uh, we allow them space because only the African National Congress is able to come out and make a clear, unambiguous statement based on the experience of their cadres. Because when they do so, it's not to embarrass anybody. They do it in order to strengthen their own organization, the African National Congress, and defend and protect it from being hijacked by certain interests. But they've got nothing to do with the agenda of the African National Congress. A number of people have already done that this morning, Zizi. We had Barbara Hogan, the public ent- former public enterprises minister, who's on Twitter this morning saying that she's not surprised by these allegations. It's a defining moment for us. Credit to the people who have come out for their bravery and the rot is before us all to see. Derek Hanukom has come out in support of Jonas, saying he's a man of integrity. So did David Lewis from Corruption Watch, who says this only verifies the allegations against the Guptas. We had Navari call in from Mbombela. He says he's a 27-year card-carrying member of the ANC, and he says these actions are despicable. He's come out. So Zizi Kodwa, here's a chance for you to come out. Where do you stand on these issues of the president? Has it been captured, and has the Gupta family been the one offering these positions? What the ANC must do, which, must, which I think the point is that even the 27-year-old member of the ANC, is that the ANC must come out and defend its integrity, its authority, its credibility. I'm, I'm not asking the ANC to do it, Zizi. I'm asking you, where do you stand? Where is your integrity in this? Where is your conscience I, I, today? I, I guess you invited me so that you, you can allow me to speak uh, on issues, not yes or no. The point I'm making is that the African National Congress doesn't have to come out and defend any individual. Any individual must be defended in the context of defending the African National Congress, its integrity. If there are any individuals in the context 
that have compromised the credibility of the African National Congress. Can I the come ANC in? must yeah. deal with those issues. Prof. Tarak? Can I come in? Yes, please. Yes. You know, Zizi, I agree with everything you say about the fact that the ANC must now come together and face this crisis. And I understand fully how you're putting the matter, that it's an organizational issue, which is true. The problem is that in Parliament, for example, you look at the Encandla affair. Members of Parliament often voted against their own conscience on the Encandla committee. They knew, as I knew, that the president had benefited and that the president had done pretty well out of the whole story. They knew that. But they came together to defend the president and to defend the ANC in Parliament. Lo and behold, what happens? The president slaps them in the back. Now, that is a very serious matter. And I have been to Parliament, and I've talked since then, and I've talked to members, and there's a sense of outrage that the president has let them down. They were led up the garden path to vote in favor of the president, and then he turned around and changed the whole story. So, you know, let us say, let us be honest, individuals do matter, especially when you're a top man, a minister, or the president. It does matter how you behave. And I think you can't just uh, defend the organization without saying that where an individual has conducted himself wrongly, as with the case of Nkanga, and as it seems in the case of Gupta, then, then those individuals must be called to account. They must be disciplined. We are, Zizi, we are sick and tired of lies. The lies that are coming out of certain top people on a, on a regular basis, lying to ANC, lying to the country, we're sick to death of those lies. And the people who lie on and on must be called to account. And the organization must stand up together and do that. So I appreciate your position. Uh, but we can't ignore the fact that there are certain individuals, and it's not only one, I agree with you, who is lying, behaving badly, not obeying the rules, disregarding the traditions of the ANC, letting us all down. And when one of those people happens to be the man in charge who appoints the chief of police, who appoints the chief of the army, who appoints the chief of prosecution, who appoints the judges, who appoints members of parliament and chief whips. He's going to appoint a new chief whip, that man. It can't just be saying, well, the organization is going to do everything. Uh, You have to discipline those people who behave badly. And we have a prime example in front of us now. Zizi, would you like to respond? Well, I have particular great respect for uh, the veteran, Comrade Pentorok. I think I would like to engage with him in a manner uh, that suggests that uh, we, I disagree with him on some of the issues. Mm. I've got great respect for that, except that the chief whip of the, of the caucus of the ANC is not appointed by the president, is appointed, among others, in consultation uh, with the leadership of the ANC. Um, we had a discussion yesterday, I mean, the other day in the National Working Committee, that issue still rests with the national officials. But I must say, uh, in totality, I think politically, it's an issue that the National Executive Committee has got to 
engage in a manner that he is suggesting that the ANC has got to come to a point and say, are there individuals of his employees who have somewhere through their conduct compromised the integrity of the state and therefore these revelations may suggest that uh, we, there are some certain action that needs to be taken. It's an issue that we don't want to preempt of a total political discussion that we must undertake tomorrow and Saturday. Let's get some callers on the line for you, Zizi and Professor Benterok. Uh, 0891104208. Molifi is in Bethlehem. Molifi, welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, thank you. I, I just want to raise three issues. The first one is this. Maybe the spokesperson for the ANC uh, misses a very important point. It is no longer about the NEC of the ANC, it's about the state. The distinction between the ANC as a ruling party and the state as the, the entity that runs the affairs of the country must be seen in its proper context. The, the important thing is the following. The appointment of the minister is a function exercised by the president as head of state. Not as head of ANC. He is not representing the ANC when he does that. He is representing the state. So... For him to go to the ANC and say, I want, or rather, for the spokesperson to say the ANC will do this, that, and that is laudable. Mm. But the important thing is that uh, we can't, for all the time, go to the people that are suspects in search for a solution on a problem that has been brewing amongst themselves. The ANC is a chief, Professor Tudor says it himself, is a chief, a chief suspect in his whole thing. Now, if you go to it and say, how do you come and resolve the problem you have created yourself, do you, do you really expect any honest answer? Malifi in Bethlehem. Zizikara, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to this as well because, you know, I guess you can't have it both ways, right? We can't say that this is not state capture because the state is made up of individuals. That was your point, and it was a point I made at the opening of the show. And then at the same time, you say the ANC is going to be dealing with it. The ANC is also made up of individuals. So again, I'm going to give you a chance. As an individual within the ANC, yes, we invited you to speak on behalf of the spokesperson of the ANC. Where do you stand on this, Zizi? Because the tweets right now, and I'm sure you can see them as well, people are tweeting directly to you, saying you've been blindsided here by Ben Turok. It's tough out there being a spokesperson. Obani says Zizi Kodwa is the number one biggest coward who would never get a straight answer from you. Zizi Kodwa will never give you a straight answer. It's sickening. That's what Lundi is saying. Do you want a chance to, to, to set the record straight, Zizi? Yeah, I'm sure next time you've got to appreciate that uh, when I get invited to this platform, uh, I thought you were inviting the spokesperson of the ANC. And we if are. I knew you were, if, you, if I knew you were inviting the ZZ in his personal capacity, I would have told you that, you know, there's no ZZ outside of the spokesperson of the ANC. And that's why I'm giving the answers in a manner that I'm giving to you um, correctly so from behalf of the African National Congress. That is the ANC, among others, that will restate the principle of the issue. That mm-hmm. The prerogative of appointing ministers is the prerogative of the president, working together with leaders of the alliance. In the exercising of that uh, uh, responsibility, if there's a suggestion that there are people that influence that decision, it's an issue that the ANC can close its eyes. And therefore, in this meeting over the weekend, the African National Congress will have to discuss that issue and make an unequivocal, unambiguous statement about uh, how it will deal with this allegation, as well as 
other people who continue to come out to say one way or another this family or that family has invited me and gave me an offer of what is expected to be the prerogative of the president. Philip is in Cape Town. He's an EFF member of parliament. Philip, welcome to the show. Welcome, sir. Thanks very much. Quickly. Uh, you know, Comrade Brian Turok is somehow correct. President Zuma he has been captured by all robbed of business people. For example, uh, uh, my brother, in case that uh, you go to Phoenix Transport, Phoenix Transport is the biggest retail is the biggest retail in Africa, not only in South Africa. They are abusing our African women sexually, and uh, we have been complaining that these people are actually supplying two trucks of loads of groceries to President Zuma's Nkanda homestead every month. And they are using that leverage to undermine our people and victimize our people. Two, you have got President Zuma's led government, whereby then people who are claimants of land through Land Restitution Act of amount of in Great House, the land money from state coffers has been paid out, but people who claim that land are not sent to the land. You find them, Zuma's family, now big, building big houses in that very same land, bought out of state funds instead of being given to the rightful owners. You go to Ntuse. People who are rightful claimants of land there in Ntuse, near Ungoy University. People claim that instead of President Zuma's government to actually then uh, reparate those people of their own land, people, uh, President Zuma, uses his power as a president to give millions and millions of money so, Philip, Philip, let me, let me, st- let me stop you right there, Philip, because you made several allegations. And again, I'm going to no, ask this question. Where, where, where's the proof, Philip? Where is the proof? Give me your email, sir. I'll give you full details. SMS me your email. I'm going to give you this. That's why this thing is really hard. And we're even placing pressure on the scope to actually... Thank you, Philip, Philip in Cape Town. Thank you very much for calling in. And, of course, you can write to us on the show. Our email addresses are all available on the SAFM website. But you don't have to tell us. You can tell organizations like Corruption Watch. David Lewis is one of those, represents one of those organizations that would love to hear from you. If you have information, if you want to be a whistleblower, if you want to be anonymous, go through to Corruption Watch. You don't just have to come through to the media. Uh, we've got Katu on the line in Midrand. Hi, Katu. Hi, good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you, Kati. Good, Go ahead. good. I'll, I'll make it very brief. Sure. I think people are just taking this. For me, you, you're playing a man and we're not playing the game. Uh, we're giving President Zuma, I think, more... Um, the entire blame cannot be on the president. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a whole cabinet behind him. We're giving him too much credit. Yes, we understand the, the corrupt relationship. But they, there's so many other people who are corrupt in government, and we need to root out... The total corruption from government is not just about the president. So I, I think this is all being out there. Don't listen to people saying you're always dodging questions. I think as a spokesperson coming on the show, number one, number mm. two, listening to how you're talking, you're not defending the president. You're not defending anybody. You're saying we're going to the NEC this weekend to speak about these things. Mm. And I think after this weekend, then the machinery of the ANC needs to re-oil and get back to the principles of the ANC, providing for the poor. I think... We've got great leaders in the movement, and this is not about one man. There's a group of people behind this, and everybody, I think what uh, Deputy Minister Jonas did last night is commendable. 
I mean, then why aren't people doing the same? We can't okay. put this on one man. I'm just not. Pre- I'm not protecting the president. That's not my job. But I'm mm. just saying, let's not play one man. There's Cartoon. a bigger problem. Yeah. A great call from you. Thanks, Cartoon Madran. Let's take one more, and then we'll wrap up with our guests, Felix and Nell Sprite. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to make this thing very simple. You know, the people of this country are not that stupid. This country is like a journey. And when we are going on a journey, you need the vehicle, the government, and you need the driver, the president. If the vehicle is swiping right, right and left, jumping red robot, what, where do you turn to? You turn to the driver. You don't turn to the passenger. You don't turn to anybody. You turn to the driver. The driver of this vehicle, which is supposed to lead us to peace and prosperity, is Jacob Zuma. We are turning to him. Where is he? We are turning to his leadership. He cannot provide any leadership. Then what are we talking about? We are not playing the man. We are, this is just basic principle. Felix, thanks for your call, Felix and Nell Sprite. Uh, Zizi Kodwa, we invited you to join us on the show, and thank you again for making available your time. And you heard what Katu had to say, and I think he captures it quite well. We, we are waiting for an announcement by the ANC. When are we going to hear it, and, and you know, when is this meeting taking place? The ANC accepted the challenge, and I think the ANC's position at the moment is that it must rise up to the occasion and deal with this issue so that it restores the credibility and the confidence of our people to its leadership. Because Monday is a public holiday, we usually have Monday post and EC meetings. We would advise uh, in terms of whether we do it on Sunday or do it on Tuesday. We can't do it on a public holiday because of other activities on the day. But certainly there will be a post and EC briefing. Mm. Ben Turok? Yes, I, I want to say I quite agree that it's not one man. I mean, I have focused on the president because this whole issue is about whether the president allowed the Guptas to appoint a minister. That's the issue that before us. And people are now looking for evidence that the president was behind it. But I quite agree. It's not only one man. But the trouble is that in every institution, whether it's a company, a university, or whatever, that one man at the top sets an example. And if he says it's okay to do the following, then other people will, will say, well, it's all right, he's done it. And, you know, I've worked at universities where in some cases the registrar is a thief or the vice chancellor is a drunkard or something. And that sets an example for the whole university. A culture develops around that one man because he's the leader. And so I, I agree that one shouldn't only focus on one man. It's, it's not the right way to go. But that one man can set an example for the whole institution and say it's okay and, and so on. And, and then his family begin to see the green light and say, well, the father or the boss says it's okay to do certain things, to work with the group does and so on. And then culture seeps down. And that's what I'm talking about. And we've got to nip that in the bud. You have to, you have to discipline individuals at the top of the tree who behave wrongly. If you have a head of a CEO of a bank who has behaved badly, then that culture will seep down into the bank and you'll find other people helping themselves. So you've got to deal with that. And my concern is that there have been now a number of issues, like in Kanda, uh, where that one man has set a bad example and he's not been disciplined. On the contrary, Parliament supported him fully. How can that be? 
There's more tweets coming in. Jacques Cupido says, well done to comrade Zizi Kodwa for articulating the ANC's position on AM Live this morning. This also came in for you, Zizi. This is from Sbu in Newcastle saying, you're the best spokesperson of the ANC. Keep going on, my leader. That's from Sbu. Just to balance it out, Zizi, because we did say there, were, there, were, there is quite a bit of criticism that's still coming out for you. I mean, some are saying you, you should articulate your personal position because you are also in your personal capacity a member of the ANC. Here, here's my question for you. If ultimately there is a decision from the ANC that there needs to be an investigation, and if that investigation proves that there has been this capture of the state by the Gupta family or other entities, uh, corporate entities, what action will the ANC take? Just to appreciate the comment first made earlier by uh, other people, um, when you come on air and as an individual, uh, sometimes representing the African National Congress, your views matters in the meeting of the African National Congress. Mm-hmm. When you're outside, you represent a collective view. That's why this notion of an I, when outside of the collective, sometimes it does not exist in the African National Congress. Mm-hmm. But of course, I don't want us to preempt a discussion in the National Executive Committee uh, about which way it will come out. But what we say, whatever we do as a National Executive Committee, as the highest structure between conferences, not only must we reject the notion of a corporate capture in the state capture, but we must restore the credibility and integrity of the ANC in dealing with these allegations so that there is never even an entire doubt about whether the ANC has been captured or state has been captured. As a governing party, we carry that responsibility which has been bestowed to us by millions of South Africans. Professor Ben Chirac, I'll give you the final word. Can the ANC do what, what Zizi Kodwe is saying they're trying to do? The NEC wants to restore the dignity of this party. You've been a long-time carrying, card-carrying member of the ANC. How can they do that today? Well, clearly, they've got to make a judgment on this particular case. This, this weekend is, is critical. The NEC has to make a comment about whether... <clears throat> What should be done about the fact that some person who happens to be a friend of the president offered a post in the cabinet, the most senior one, and God knows how many other offers they've made. You know, they've done it to Fakie Mentor. Those two have come out, but have they done it to others? Are they playing a big game behind the scenes? We don't know yet. So the ANC has to come out and say that it is outrageous that an ordinary member of society, a businessman, made an offer of a, of, a, of, a, of a post, and on what authority did they do that? That's the question that bothers me. Professor on what Ventura, authority? Thank you very much for joining us, veteran ANC member, and Zizi Kodwa is the ANC's national spokesperson. Thank you to both of my guests. I'm sorry that we were not able to take all your calls and messages. We will be podcasting and storifying your tweets, Facebook messages, and those SMSs. Just go to the SAFM website, safm.co.za. Thank you for your SMSs and tweets this morning. We hand you over to Rowena, but first up, Kumbazile Tabela has your 9 o'clock news. Take care.